Hello and welcome to the Lanky Anglican Podcast. My name's Andrew Whitehead and it's nearly Christmas, which is very exciting. It's my favourite time of year, partly because, um, well, I just like Christmas and partly because my job as a vicar um, involves lots of exciting things at this time of year. And one of those exciting things is carol singing. Um, Carol singing for me... Uh, is part of the whole package of Christmas and it's difficult to imagine Christmas without carol singing. Now carols go back um, lots and lots of years. They've been sung for many, many years in the church. Um, There are ancient carols, there are modern carols, there are carols which have been adapted and changed over time. There's quite a, a modern tradition, if you can call it that, of new carols from people like John Rutter. If you listen to Classic FM at this time of year, um, you will hear John Rutter about every five minutes, I think, something like that. So there are new carols being written, um, but not many of them make it into the public consciousness. Um, Partly that's because I think sometimes they're a bit overproduced. They're sometimes a bit unattainable for the average parish church or choir. Um, But there's something interesting happening, and it's been happening for a few years on Radio 3. There's an annual competition to find a new carol uh, to kind of go into the canon um, for people to sing around the country. Um, And this year, um, well, it just so happens I know the winner. Um, And the winner is James Walton. Hello, James. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you? Are you in Australia? I'm uh, Preston. We have a slightly different time. Oh, I thing. see. The other side of the world. How are you? I have the tier three thing. Um, well, I'm very, very well. How are you? I'm How's very well. Yeah, really, really well. Um, enjoying life in Norfolk, although it's a bit surreal at the moment. We'll get onto that in a bit. But yes. um, tell us a little bit about uh, the last few weeks, months. I mean, when, when was it that you put pen to paper or fingers to ivories and started thinking about A Christmas Carol for this competition? Uh, well, I've been doing it every year, I think, since it started 2014. So I, I always I always get the words sometime in usually October and uh, start having a go at it, sit down at the piano and have a go. Um, and uh, But this year, it really was quite at the last minute. It was the last few days of, of half-term holidays. And I was like, oh, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to get my, uh, got my carol in. And I usually, it's just become a bit of um, an exercise. I've no intention whatsoever to win. Um, and... Uh, I just sit down and look at the words, and and that's that. So so this year it was yeah I think it was even the day before the the deadline um, where I actually got got to work on it. Sat down with with the words, and I was, I was dead pleased with the words this time uh, because they were Christian and and the the, the poetry of it. Um, I was impressed with the, the poem as a poem. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so so that was that. Sat down, worked at it at the piano. Um, I was thinking very much about rhythm. And thinking about bringing out certain words, and uh, and that, that was that really. And then a few, um, I, I submitted it and, and more or less forgot about it. And then on the seventeenth of, of uh, November, I was I was isolating. I wasn't allowed into work because I I'd lost my voice, so I had to get a COVID test. It was negative, but I was at home and I got this phone call from a BBC producer, and I couldn't believe it. Um, and uh, and th- that was that really. So. Um... That first stage, when you get the idea and and work on it, how far do you take it before you send it in? So, um, is it just a melody, or did you send in something a bit more than that? That was a good question. So this year was slightly different uh, in, and and slightly controversial uh, as well. In, in that, all they wanted was a melody. All all they wanted was the tune for the first verse. 
So in a sense, that made it significantly easier. In, in past years, you have to present the whole four-voice SATB thing with accompaniment if you want. And that's what I've always done, and I've enjoyed that challenge. Um, this year, it was a lot easier. Um, on the other hand, it's uh, you really have to focus a lot more because you're like, wow, okay, I really have to compete with potentially a thousand other melodies, and you know, how much can you actually do with a melody? Yeah, um, so I, I knew from the beginning I really had to think about the rhythm to make it interesting. And and so you said there over a thousand entries, um, and that was yeah. whittled down to a short list of how many? They, they did a long list of 50, yeah. and then they sent those 50 through to the, the main judges, who then listened to them blind, um, and, uh, and, th- and that was shortlisted to six, of which mine was one. Brilliant. And then it came to the, the public vote, and that's where we all saw it appear on Facebook and thought, oh, I know him. I yep, thought, oh, I'll give it a listen. I'll vote for him anyway. But then you listen and think, actually, it is the best one, so I am going to vote for that one. That's very kind. Yes, yeah. I, I had a few a few stories like that. People were like, oh, I've voted for yours, and and it was actually quite good, yeah. <laughs> despite <laughs> everything. It was quite yeah. good. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> I, I personally voted for number three uh, by uh, by Tim. I yeah. thought that was lovely that one, but um, but but yeah, it was nice nice that so many people voted anyway. Um, you mentioned rhythm there, and rhythm, I don't know about you, but with Christmas carols, I think rhythm is really, really important because, Absolutely, yeah. you know, we, we just um, had uh, on Sunday night, we 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 normally have in Corston, where I live, uh, an event called Beer and Carols, which is exactly what it sounds like in the oh, pub. Oh, that sounds nice. We all have a drink um, and we put on the backing tracks from the Bethlehem carol sheet and we work our way through all kind of 40 carols or whatever it is. And it's yeah. a really good night. And some of them um, are nice and quiet, uh, but most of the carols that people love have got a real rhythm to them. You yeah, know, there is um, yeah, we finish off every time with the twelve days of Christmas because yeah. there's just that rhythm and pace and urgency about it, which yeah, says yeah, yeah. there's something exciting happening here. L- yeah. Listen, listen to the story. Um, yeah. The words that you were given—it's um, a poem, isn't it? Uh, a pre-existing poem. It's not been commissioned specially or anything. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And and you just had to work with what you were given. That's right. And the poems by uh, Lawrence Dunbar called Paul, Chris- Paul Lawrence Dunbar, Paul Lawrence yeah. Dunbar, and it's yeah. called Christmas Carol. That's the one. Um, now I'm just looking at the words now uh, and thinking, as somebody who deals with hymn words quite frequently, um, the meter looks like a beast. The, the meter is a beast. This, <laughs> this is one of the wonderful things about it you know, that, that, that really. Drew, when I read these words, I was like, yes. Something to do here. So, and, um, for for people who don't know what we're talking about with meter, um, explaining words of one syllable or two, maybe um, what what meter is. Uh, mm, well, it's not quite rhythm, um, though it's though it's something like that. But it's it's basically how many how many syllables, how many uh, chunks of sound uh, you're dealing with in in one in one phrase. So, ring out ye bells. Um, yeah. All nature swells, uh, and and in a, in a song for it to for it to scan easily, you want you want that meter to be the same on every line. Twinkle, yeah. twinkle, little star, star. How I wonder what you are. Uh, and in, in poems like this, we we don't have that, so there's more of a more of a challenge. Yeah, because uh, in in the hymnody, you know, the collection of hymns that the church yeah. has, oh, um, yeah. you can do some swapping and changing occasionally because meters. 
um, you know, there are fairly common meters, aren't there? Absolutely, which, yeah. And yeah, so you can yeah. take the words from one hymn and put it with yeah. the the music from another hymn because the the rhythm just matches. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen um, a piece of church music with a meter like this. No, no. It- <laughs> It's quite it's it's quite different, and that's I, I ended up having to include some repetition in there, uh, which kind of helped balance it a, a little bit. And yeah. different different composers of the the final six all dealt with it in different ways. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, it's quite interesting yeah. how they all dealt with it. It was, yeah, it is, it is, it is. Um, yes, great words though. They are fantastic words. They're really evocative because apart from the rhythm, um, there there are some really powerful images there. You know, the, right at the beginning, ring out your bells. Well, that's an obvious um, line for a carol because you get lots of bells in carols. Yeah, um, that's right. But there, there's, I don't know, It's just, I've never come across the poem before and um, reading it when I was just listening to your setting of it the first time round, I thought, this is really a good poem. Why isn't this one in our um, in our hymnody already? And then I looked yeah, at the meter yeah. and thought, that's why <laughs> nobody's been able to write something yeah. uh, to fit yeah. this. It remind your version reminded me um, a little bit of uh, Tomorrow Shall Be My Dancing Day. Oh, good. Um, that was, by that John was in Gardner. my head. Was it? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wondered that because there's just that kind of jaunty, slightly irregular rhythm going on, yeah. which just makes you feel like you need to move to it. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. i tell you what, uh, shall we have a listen? You, you've sent me a recording through. Um, what stage of the, the genesis of the, of the carol was this recording? So this, this recording I've sent you is actually the, pretty much the final first draft. This was what, how it went to, when it went to the BBC, this is, this is where it was. So, um, so what you've got is, is basically the, the, the last step before we started arranging it. Fantastic. Well, we'll talk about arrangement in a minute, but let's have a listen um, to uh, Christmas Carol uh, by James Walton with some helpers, I guess. With gladness at their wondrous story The world was Lord, but Christ is born But Christ is born to change our sadness into glory Sing a thing, sing, tonight a king Hath come from heaven's high throne to bless us Sing a thing, sing, tonight a king Hath come from heaven's high throne to bless us Strike all your hearts and set them ringing. No, be not still, but with a will. Strike all your hearts and set them ringing. On hail and heat, let every breath, let every breath throw all its power. 
Thanks, girls. <laughs> I love that at the end. Fantastic. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, it's just so full of energy um, and excitement. It's exactly what you want of a Christmas carol. Um, tell us a bit about what happened um, with the arrangement process, because what we hear on the Radio 3 website is something um, which is a little bit more Radio 3, um, a little bit more polished with the BBC singers. Um, what was that process like working with Claire Wheeler? It was wonderful. And that, that's been one of the most wonderful parts of the experience, really. Um, in, in some sense, it's sad not being able to arrange it myself. Um, but on the other hand, what you know, what an opportunity it's been. And, but basically, I sent her the, the, the stuff, um, I, my written out version of the melody, and she also had access to that, that recording as well. And then she she basically... Uh, you know, put that put that down to start with. And the first verse was was just what I'd written uh, because we wanted uh, every, every composer's first verse had to be the, as as simple as possible, so it was you know kind of fair. Um, and then we discussed we discussed the overall structure of of what we wanted it to be like. Um, and I, I my, my initially I really wanted as much of it as possible to be unaccompanied, mm. um, and we kind of came to a compromise in the end, which I think worked really well, having the contrast of just the third verse unaccompanied. Um, yeah. For me, for me, the voices was you know the sort of the the, the main point of it really. Yeah. And we just we just she just sent the drafts back and forth, sent them to me. I looked at stuff, thought it was fantastic, and then. Um, said one or two things that didn't really make any sense. <laughs> and she, she sort of nodded politely and sent back another draft that was even better uh, and, uh, until, we, until we had it, really. Um, but uh, we, we actually started with the third verse because that, that was the one um, that I, I was most interested in, uh, mm. in ha- having this, this unaccompanied verse. So um, tell, us, tell us about why that third verse you, you felt lent itself to, to being unaccompanied. Partly because of the, the structure of the piece, with the, you know, with the four verses, if you're going to have if you're going to have an unaccompanied, it makes sense to do it yeah. not at the end and not at the middle. So that sort of that was the, the main point, really, the, the, yeah. the main reason for that, really. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and that was that. And, and we also wanted some reharmonisation in there, uh, but she she did that. She came up with this great the last few bars of the third verse. She she did this incredible. Um, uh, reharmonization, yeah. uh, which I thought was wonderful, and then she added this fantastic bass line at the end, this descending bass, which added a slight little bit of a jazz element because I wanted a tiny little nod to jazz in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, she she did it really well. Um, it, and then the, the the last verse, um, the piano, the piano is slightly different again. It brings out the kind of arpeggios of the the harp idea that's there in the words. Um, yeah. And it was a great experience. That, it was just great. that last line of the poem, throw all its power into yeah, singing, yeah, yeah. is just yeah. such a great line to finish it's on, superb. isn't it? Yeah, there's lots of references to music in the poem. Yeah, uh, and you know it's a great musical poem. But yeah, I really love that instruction to get on with it and, and sing, and uh, and it really lends itself to that build up. So we, we have that last line repeated. Uh, we have it three times at the end. So, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I suppose it's really pertinent given the context we're in, because I know from the time that we spent together in Lancaster and um, knew each other connected with the Chaplaincy Centre, we probably spent a good proportion of our time together singing something. Um, Absolutely. You know, in choirs, scratch choirs, carol service choirs, choirs for weddings, you know, singing at services. Um, I know for you and your family, uh, music is massively important. Um, what's it been like this last kind of nine months or so? 
Well, yeah, it's it's been it's been mixed. There's been you know ob- obvious sort of uh, sadnesses uh, musically, and in in you know not being able to sing in our our choirs, not being able to sing at church as part of a congregation, and, and things like that. Uh, and, and a massive thing is that you know the children's music lessons have have all gone online. And that's mm. been that's been difficult and, and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, but uh, but but actually, I, th- I feel like we've made the most of it. Um, we've we've really um, we've really sort of focused on on our singing at home a lot more. It's made us think, right? Okay, well, if we're if we if we if we're being musical, what, what what have we got that we can? You know, what can we do? Well, we've got our voices, we've got our instruments. Let's just sing together at home. So we've done a lot more of that, a lot more, and it's been really good. Um, and then another thing, my mum, my mum was diagnosed with cancer last. September, so over over a year ago, mm. and, and so it's pretty much coinc- her treatments coincided with the, the with with coronavirus. Um, so a lot of what we've been doing is just making little videos of ourselves singing and sending them to mum, so that we've had that connection. So oh, fantastic, yeah. So it's, so you know you know it's it's actually in many ways it's been a blessing. We we tried to sort of see the positive, and we've done a lot more singing together, not as much with with outside the house. Mm. Uh, which, is, which is sad but on the other hand we've, we've made the most of it yeah and what about um this christmas you know we're we're now um on the tuesday before christmas in that final run-in when um normally by this point in the year i would be completely fatigued from singing once in royal yeah. david city yeah yeah um, and quite fed up with a lot of christmas carols um yeah. but but it's been very different this year i guess it's been the same for you yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very strange. I mean, obviously this this Christmas carol competition thing has made it stranger, but yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, <laughs> usually, usually by now I've got no voice. Yeah. By the end of, by the end of term at school, I, I have just no voice at all, um, and I managed to squawk something out at midnight mass. But yeah, it's it's um, it's very very sad. I mean, it, it, I, th- I think singing is it really is essential. <laughs> mm, I know what you mean in, in the really truest sense essential. of the word. It's uh, absolutely in every sense of the word, yeah. And and to to have it sort of sidelined, it's and I think for for people, for religious people in general, uh, you know, we've really experienced that this year. The sense that maybe some some parts of our society haven't quite don't quite realise what actually is essential for a lot of us, which is mm. which is our faith lives, our religious activity, and, and and a massive part of that for so many people is is singing, which basically is is breathing together, is is praying together, yeah. Uh, in, in in this in that wonderful way, yeah, and I suppose um, there, there's a couple of things there, aren't there? One is the um, what the the psychologists might look at as a, a kind of um, emotional human response to singing together, which is you know they is conceded to be a great thing. There is great value objectively in singing yeah. together, whatever it is. Um, so that's one thing. But then there's the the element of uh, worship. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, was it Augustine who said, um, "He who sings prays twice." There's, that's right. There's yeah. that sense in which, when we raise our voices together and we sing in harmony, um, there's something um, greater than the sum of its parts that that comes out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that, that's what I'm I'm missing this time of year um because much as i get fatigued by once in royal in particular um you know with some of its um its particular characterizations of the christmas story (laughs) and theology um 
there, there is something special about hearing that first verse um, cracked out by a really good treble or soprano yeah. at the back of the yeah. church. And yeah. likewise, you know, some of the um, the big carols, Hark the Herald, you know, and, and O Come All Ye Faithful, with the full organ behind it and a congregation lustily singing, there, there's no real substitute for that, is there? There's nothing, no, there isn't. And, and you know, a, a lot of people have tried really hard with Zoom choirs and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it's it's great, but there's just nothing like singing with real people, you know, literally vibrating the, the sound waves together mm. in the same place, breathing the same air. There's just nothing, nothing like that. And I think we've really realized that this year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's like we, we one of the last live concerts we went to was to see a w- wonderful... Um, a six voice choir called the Jesualdo Six, and they they were singing Last Christmas in York at the Early Music Festival, and um, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, but it, it there and there's there's nothing to replace it. Nothing we've done this year. Mm. We've not been to a single concert or sang with anybody, and and it's just like wow, nothing replaces it. It doesn't matter how many YouTube videos you watch or how many incredible clever Zoom performances you get involved in. There is nothing like real flesh and blood real air vibrating in the same place with somebody else mm. um and uh, and I, th- I think there's a real uh there's a real christian um there's something very christian at the heart of that isn't there about you know the real incarnational experience of of, yeah. of our neighbor uh, being very much at the heart of the, the christian idea of, of, of worshiping upwards as well as together and yeah, and, uh, sh- yeah sharing, really the, sharing the same space sharing the same air and i suppose that's why the the coronavirus pandemic has been such a challenge hasn't it because proximity and and being in that same airspace as somebody else is exactly yeah. what the problem is exactly um, exactly yeah yeah I, i'm encouraged to see that um there's lots of research going on at the moment to to assess the risks of singing and i took part in a um, a study remotely where I answered some questions about singing and, and worship life and we're hoping I got an email to say that the results of that are due out soon so that might oh, be quite cool. interesting and they've looked at the the relative merits of mask wearing when singing and things like that to see if they can find a way to make it safer so that should be interesting that will be interesting it will it will well that's the sooner the better yeah absolutely, absolutely. um Tell us a little bit about um, where you are with your work, because I suppose I'm going to share this podcast on my my Facebook page, and and a lot of people who know you and who've been following the Carols uh, competition will probably have a listen. Um, and the last time I saw you in the flesh, so to speak, was in Lancaster, where you were living and you were working at a primary school, and that's all changed now. That has all changed. Yes, I I, um, I love primary teaching, and I've done it on and off for for about ten years. Um, but this year, I fancied a new challenge, um, and so far, so good. So I'm, I'm now down in Preston, uh, or up in Preston, I suppose, from where you are. Well, yeah, and um, uh, yeah, teaching at a high school, teaching RE, uh, which is a completely different thing. It's a great challenge, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I feel I feel quite at home actually uh, with the older children. That's good because um, it, it's a very different thing, isn't it? It's a very different thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that from um, my work with schools is primarily um, collective worship, assemblies as we used to call them, um, yeah. and um, doing some lessons as well. Uh, but the, the, the preparation that you have to do um, for um, a collective worship in a high school is just 
completely different from what you would do for a primary school. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and at the heart of it might be the same message, um, but the way that you present it, the way that you present yourself, it, it's just, um, it takes some, some thinking to get yourself in the right place. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's a, it's a different it's a different animal absolutely and so you're teaching re in the context of a catholic school yes that's right catholic high school so that um, that must be bring quite a lot of opportunities actually because re in a, a state school you know bog standard state school um is is a bit of an uphill challenge i guess sometimes uh, that that's my impression yeah no um the, the school i'm teaching at it's 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 very good um and the, the the management take RE very seriously. There's a very the prayer life of the school is very important. Uh, the the Catholic identity of the school is very important. So RE is very much treated as the core subject that it is. Um, it's taken very seriously, uh, and, which is which is great. And what about music? Because you know, obviously, um, music's a big part of who you are personally. But I know that music finds its way into your classroom as well. It does, and it, it has done um, for every every single lesson I've taught until September, pretty much. <laughs> so, I mean, every opportunity uh, with my primary school children, uh, we were singing. I mean, we sing the register every day. I'd, I'd get them, you know, in every, whatever the subject was, I'd find some reason to be singing or to be telling them about Bach or Mozart or or whatever it might be. Um, and and yeah, that's that's been so different for me in the, the new situation yeah. uh, partly because it's subject specific to re and it's high school children but mostly because we're just not allowed to sing <laughs> i know um, however we did we did get around this a little bit recently um i uh, with it coming up to christmas we, we weren't allowed we're not allowed any any sort of carol service which was utterly i was i just thought this is just devastating and i couldn't bear the idea of going through my first term without doing any sort of music. Mm. So um, I managed to get various members of, uh, of staff together and we sang our own. We recorded individually um, ourselves singing um, Silent Night and then Aww. I stitched it all together into a video and it ended up being more farcical and hilarious than usual. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was a lovely thing to do. And, um, and it, was, it was, yeah, you know, there are ways of doing these things, but it's uh, not the same. No, it's not. It's not. But I think you're um, to be commended for trying to get music in. And, we, you know, with what I do, um, the we've, we made a decision very early on in lockdown that our services that we put out on Facebook were going to be musical. Um, and we so every single service since Mothering Sunday has had hymns um, and other bits of music as well. And and it's been one of the things that's really engaged people. You know, I, I was talking to somebody quite recently and they were telling me how on a Sunday morning the neighbours think she's mad because <laughs> <laughs> she turns up the sound on her telly and she sings along as if she's in church. And I just think that's amazing, you know, Brilliant. that we can, we can still bring that into people's homes. It's not the same, like you said, but it's at least it's something. It's something. It's something. So going back to, to your Christmas carol... Um, what what's next for it so you've won the competition you've you've got a million pounds in the bank now obviously because radio three have given you a massive prize and a new car Correct. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that comes with the with winning the competition you know do what happens to it next well it, the, the prize is is obviously the the kudos of having won and it gets played on radio three and on the bbc throughout the christmas season so that's a you know that's a real privilege yeah uh you know that's the prize really um, and and with, with the piece, um, I, uh, basically, I have shared ownership over it with with Claire Wheeler, who did the incredible arrangement. 
Yeah. Um, and so it can be it can be performed by anybody who who asks us uh, for for permission. Oh, brilliant. Um, so uh, so hopefully, I mean, I've already had several people saying, "Can we sing it with our choir next year?" and yeah. things like that. So I'm hoping people will will get in touch and, and want. I'm to sure it. they will. And who knows, we might see it in an anthology of carols, or you know, the next edition of Carols for Choirs. It might make its way in there. Who knows? Who knows? That would be but, fantastic. Um, and, and I what also, are... uh, sorry, go on. Got one. You first. No, I was just going to say, I'm, like, I'm keen to do my own arrangement of it as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that's something to do. But I'm going to leave that for next year because I'm, it's, uh, this is enough for now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and what about um, recordings? Because obviously they, there's the arrangement that Claire has, has done with you, um, which was recorded um, by the um, BBC Singers, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's a really nice version. It but, is, yeah. But you can imagine um, it receiving an even more lavish treatment, um, you know, and, and be given some orchestral backing or you, would you be interested in taking it in that direction? Yeah. I'd be, yeah. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see what, what could be done with, with the tune. Um, certainly. And I'd, I'd really love to hear children singing it as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it could be having that kind of folksy element to it. I mean, you, you could even do a guitar version, you know, there's, there's a few different, possibilities it could it could go in a few different directions there so you go. Um, there's a youtube channel waiting to be launched there for people's different so. arrangements <laughs> <laughs> i think so That's yeah fantastic uh well i listen just to close out i just want to say massive congratulations because um it's not every day you you listen to national radio and hear one of your friends from uni um you know, winning a competition. So um, it's a massive thing. Um, and we're all really, really proud of you. If we're allowed to be proud, are we allowed to be proud of you? I think you're allowed to be proud, although it is Advent. Yeah. So, well, and, just, no, we can be proud. We'll be proud. Well, let's say that I was proud on Advent 3. When That's we, fine. When we That's lit the fine. pink candle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine to have a little bit of joy on that one. Um, Absolutely. So congratulations. And I Thank hope, you very much. I hope your Christmas um, goes off with a real swing. And one of the things that you do is that you gather around the piano and, and um, sing your new Christmas carol. Yes, uh, yes, and, and several others. <laughs> yeah, I hope you do. Um, and um, I just wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Um, and... Um, I hope that your carol gets published in loads of places and you end up being a millionaire, you know, or something like that. What Who do you knows? Reckon? Yeah, you never know. And yeah. are you going to enter the carol competition next year? I think the rules are I can't enter it for another three years now. Oh, because that's I've disappointing. Been so so I, I got a bit of a break, actually. Yeah, you're now famous, you see. You're you're a top draw carol composer, so <laughs> that you'll, you'll have all the publishers clawing after you now. Who knows? And courting you. Anyway, uh, as I say, again, Merry Christmas. Um, that's it for this edition of the Lanky Anglican podcast. Um, tune in again soon. It's my New Year's resolution that I'm going to do more of these um, in the next year. So do um, subscribe to wherever you subscribe to your podcasts and listen in um, for our next episode whenever that comes. Thank you, James, for talking to me. And um, take care and see you soon.